Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Thursday Morning MV Pro Call. Today is September 28th, and I'd like to welcome those of you that are here live, as well as those of you listening to this via recording, which, of course, you can do by subscribing to Motivitality on whatever podcast application you happen to use, or by visiting motivitality.com, where you can listen to years and years and years worth of archives. Um, Definitely appreciate having you guys on live, especially those of you that are hopping on now. We didn't send out a topic uh, remind, just, a, just a call reminder, but we didn't send out a topic. I do have a topic today, um, but I love it when you guys are, are here live because I love this to be a discussion. Um, we're going to start the call off the way we do pretty much every week, which is by asking, is there anything anybody learned this last week that you wish you had known before? Anything that happened that is worthy of sharing with other professionals across the country or anything we can help you with, any questions that you might have? Scott, you were just talking right before we started recording. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting and worthy. And uh, I have the article up here if you want me to. But if you want to, you want to bring it up. You're more than welcome to. Or if you want me to. So I'll do it. I'll do it for you. <laughs> so, you did we lose you, Scott? You still there? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was on mute. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, you good. go ahead. All right, so so Scott was just pointing out this, and I missed this story because we have a uh, have a installer class in this week, and and uh, you know not a lot of time to catch up on the the news and current events when we do that. They're pretty long weeks, but um, but uh, Scott pointed out to me that in New Orleans right now there's a water emergency that's getting worse and worse and worse um, because they have been. Oh, what's the word I could use? Let's let's call it drought-addled, um, which is actually the word they used in the newspaper article that I or the the newspaper the the phone article that I read regarding the topic. Um, it said they were they were drought the drought-addled Mississippi River, and because the water's so low, the ocean water from the Gulf is coming up into the um, into the river, like a long ways into the river. And it is affecting the ability of of the water treatment plants to provide potable drinking water because it's turning into ocean water into salt water. Um, the uh, it's so it's actually coming. It's already affected a couple towns, and it's moving up and up and up. And and what we were discussing right before we started recording is uh, just that. Um, it's always interesting to see the you know to to see these pop up and the importance of our industry and how important i mean every day every day there are news stories out there that um and I think they're just getting more and more and more common that highlight the importance of this industry um something that becomes more than just selling water softeners and drinking water systems and u v lights and that type of thing it actually becomes a a very real health and safety issues. So this is just one of the latest. Um, I had not heard of this. This has popped up in the last couple of days, but uh, but now I'm looking at it. I just did the, thanks to Scott, I did the um, a search on it. This is apparently a pretty big story. There's also a lot of lead, lead water lines uh, still in play out there. So treating the stuff is going to become more difficult. So um, yeah, kind of interesting. So um, also highlights why you know they're talking about bottled water because a lot of the a lot of the um, residents of the surrounding parishes around New Orleans are now having to use bottled water. So I know a lot of us are, 
you know, we, we find, I, I find myself sometimes um, being hard on the bottled water industry. And it is true. I think that we, if we eliminated, you know, we can minimize the amount of plastic water bottles we use just for single use on a daily basis. But it is important. There's this balance there. I think we really do need to have a solid bottled bottle water industry um, infrastructure in place because of situations like this. I mean, and, uh, you know, as you're going through, this is the only option right now that that people have. The only affordable option that people have is to, to drink bottled water in order to have um, a potable water supply. But uh, it's just it, it it it's all part of our industry. So Scott, thank you for bringing that to to my attention and allowing me to share it with everybody else. Um, anybody else want to add anything to that part? Anybody else have any topics or anything they'd like to ask or, or talk about? So I had one other thing that that also somebody sent to me this morning. It was just a clip from a guy named Jim Rohn, um, who is a uh, professional speaker, motivational. You know, uh, he had uh, sent me a clip on training. I thought it was pretty good. He was talking about, he said, good people are not made. You don't make good people. You find them. And he said, doesn't matter how much training you put. If, if you don't have a good person, um, then you're, you're not going to be able to train. I mean, he used the example. He said, you don't send a duck to eagle school. You know, no matter how good, you know, the eagle school is, if you send a duck to Eagle School, at the end of it, you're going to send the duck out to to catch a rabbit, and the duck's going to make friends with the rabbit. And and uh, you know that's not what eagles are supposed to do. Eagles don't make friends with the rabbit. You know, and so it doesn't matter how good the duck is, even or how good the Eagle School is. You know, ducks aren't going to become eagles. And so you look for the eagles. You know, and you you don't send the duck to Eagle School. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting. And we see that a lot. I, I texted him back and I said, you know, unfortunately, um, Jen, you you can attest to this. In the 15 years that Motor Vitality has been training people out there, there's unfortunately been plenty of ducks that we've that we've encountered. Um, and they're often related to the eagle parents. <laughs> so, you know, that's it would, you know, sometimes sometimes you have the the eagle parents saying, man, I, I, I know I can make my, my kid a duck or I can make my kid an eagle. I can make my kid an eagle. And you just can't, sometimes they're just not an eagle inside that duck. Um, anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting too. So, um, all right, before we jump into our topic, anybody else have anything that, uh, that they've learned or seen or, or insights to share any words of wisdom? or comments on, on those topics? Okay, so the topic that I have today, um, it did spawn from some of the training. So we, as I mentioned, we have a class in this week, um, another class, and we've run into this frequently. But I find it interesting you know, it came up again yesterday, and we have talked about this in the past, and, but I wanted to focus on it again because it's it's kind of critical. Uh, it's, it's just really super important um, from a sales perspective, but also a service and install perspective. So we have this install class in, and a couple of the guys that we have in, it's a great group of guys, as as usual. 
that we have in. Um, but we were setting up, we were programming one of the systems. It's a, it's a system that I'm not as familiar with on the programming as I am a lot of the, a lot of the other systems. So this is a, a main, a certain manufacturer that I'm, I'm very familiar with the manufacturer, but I haven't, haven't done a lot in programming their systems or setting them up. They've, they've got some pretty cool features on their valve. And I just really, I, I didn't know the intricacies of the programming of the valve. And I was asking a couple, well, there was one guy in particular had been there a couple of years um, working for his dealership and, and uh, I was asking him, uh, you know, okay, how do you know, what is this cycle? What do you, what do you do here? And he's like, you know, I'm not real sure. He knew the basics on how and certainly, you know, had some basics and, and it's, I, I love having people in, by the way, here's a little plug for our, the installer training school, people that have some installation experience it allows us to challenge, you know, our, our, we're set up here where we can challenge them and, and give them, you know, uh, new challenges than, that they haven't run into in the past. So it gives them a little more experience. So we're set up to be able to train people that are brand new as well as people that have had quite a bit of experience in, in doing this stuff. So, um, but uh, in terms of programming the valve and putting it together, um, none of them were really certain. So I pulled up I got a hold of the service and installation manual and I pulled it up and we and we were reading it and we, we figured out how to do some of the deeper programming on a thing. And I, I spent um, quite a bit of time even this morning reading this manual, um, you know, going through. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That was, you know, and that's and I remember having done that with other manuals, you know, out there and. But what really struck me was that none of the people that we had in the class, these installers or service techs, had ever read the service installation manual, the the um, you know for their product, for any of their products, not only this particular one, but any of their products. And I think that that's been pretty that's pretty common out there now. I usually made it pra- a practice when I was when I was in sales and through the course of the the last, you know, decade and a half that we've been that we've had motor vitality and training people, I've made it a practice of. I mean, certainly when I was in sales, I read not only the owners' manuals of the equipment that we carried, but I every time I could get a hold of one, I read the owners' manuals for my competitors as well. Wondering, does anybody else on the call do that, or have you done it? What would be the benefit of doing it? Um, I want to discuss some of that, but. But uh, anybody else here, is, is there anybody here that has not read your own manuals? Or um, or uh, have you read your competitors' manuals, or what would be the benefit of doing that? Stacy here. Yes, I have read my own manuals, but a lot of times it's been a long time ago. I actually pulled out one of the manuals over the weekend, because I was doing a training Monday with two of our new installers on how to how to set different softeners for different situations, basically because I got tired of going out and resetting softeners. <laughs> right. Because right. we're getting iron bleed through. I'm like, the thing should handle up to 10 parts per million iron. Well, it was set for city water. Didn't even have the iron thing marked on it. I'm like, seriously, people. So, yeah. but, you know, going through and finding things and, you know, actually, you know, 
getting verification for the long-held beliefs that I had, okay? Verifying that what I was saying and thinking was true. And I did find that it was true. Yeah. But um, I have, I do, I actually have a couple of um, other competitors' manuals on. And the other thing I carry also is like Home Depot's extended warranty. Yeah. Because knowing knowing what they have, right? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Warranty is a big like one to know. And they, they usually print that warranty in the manuals, you know, if you have that manual. Mm-hmm. Most of the stuff you can find these days on Google, you know, it's definitely – Yeah. And it's and it's not to bash that equipment, right? So that that's one of the things that I want to point out, and I, and I know you're not doing that, Stacey. It's not to bash them. It is to be able to accurately compare your product with theirs. Look, there there's some – you know, if I had a, we've talked about this before. If I had a manual on, uh, you know, on a Ford vehicle versus a Chrysler vehicle, and and I, the Ford vehicle talked about the keyless entry, in you know, and, and you guys have heard me talk about this before because I loved when I had my my Ford Explorer. I loved the keyless entry. I don't drive when I went to buy a new vehicle. I did not buy another Ford. Just even though I had a feature that I loved on it. I, there wasn't one that had the other things that I enjoyed on it. So, you know, I ended up with a, with a vehicle without keyless entry, um, which, by the way, that vehicle just passed over 200,000 miles and still running great. So, <laughs> so it's, um, but uh, the, uh, you know, so I would look at that feature. I wouldn't bash it, but I do want to be able to accurately compare the two products, you know, and my, what, what features make mine better than you know, what I like better about the features or what mine has, you know, it's, it's not necessarily to back that competition. It's to be aware of what you're saying. <laughs> to your other point there, Stacey, we got a little bit of background noise there. You guys, I don't know if you're, you guys want to meet yourselves if you and have something. And training people, when you have a look at it, it kind of doesn't mean anything to them. So what you need to do is after their so skill, we get, we got a little background noise there. We mute. So, um, the, uh, Lost my train of thought there. <laughs> oh, the other thing is being surprised. So, Stacey, that's the other thing that I have found when I've gone back and reviewed a manual before, even on products uh-huh. that I sold, because it's it, you're right. So you, you read the manual, and then you sit them there, and it's been a long time since you've read the manual. I've gone back and realized that somewhere along the line, I either learned something or heard something, and I was saying it inaccurately. You know, oh, you know, the, I thought this filled the brine tank up with soft water. It doesn't. Wow, I, I didn't realize that. I, I've been telling people that it was a soft water brine for a long time. You know, as, as an example, right? Um, you know, and you, uh-huh. it does keep you honest and accurate, even even if your your misinformation is not malicious. It it is a way for us to stay professional and to to you know just double check ourselves. How about anybody else? Anybody else out there read the manuals or have experience in this or learn it or, or why, you know, how would you use it or, or benefit from it? One, if you're doing the competitions manuals, reading them, it gives you the, an opportunity to compare apples and oranges, basically. Yeah, yeah you know, exactly. As, as you said, no, I don't ever bash. I'll be the first one to compliment good equipment, but then show them why we're better. Yeah. And we're or at least different, different because different people have different yeah. features, right? Exactly. You know? Finding out what, what presses their buttons. Yeah. 
I mean, and that's that's important to know. You know, I think also there when you read the owner's manual, I remember this is I, way, way, way back when this is the first thing that ever spawned it with me was there was the the manufacturer that we carried. It was reverse. There was a somebody actually read the owner's manual and they left it with the customer and the customer read it. And in the owner's manual, it said in there that you have to change filters once a year, which was. You know that was what I what I had told people. It also said when you change filters, you have to sanitize the system. Though you're supposed to sanitize the system when you change it. That's what the manual said. I didn't even know that. Uh-huh. Nobody had ever taught me that. I had I I was I was like really, I I didn't know you had to sanitize these. And and I, I felt like a you know like an idiot because I I just I didn't know. And the customers asking me how to sanitize and what all it entails and. And I, I had to, I mean, I really was kind of embarrassed. I did not know this about my equipment. So I, I went back and, and did learn how to say, you know, what's the process? What do I tell people if they read that? What do I, you know, what do I say to people? Um, and, you know, how do you, how do you sanitize it? And then I did start mentioning that as part of the sales presentation because I didn't, I didn't like that feeling of my customer knew something I didn't know. That's that's not expert. That's not, that doesn't make me an expert. I need to know way more than my customers about this stuff. Um, anybody else have a similar experience or anything else like that happen? So something that I, I wouldn't say that I have a similar experience, but something that I have um, noticed lately is that it's getting harder and harder to get a hold of um, some of the, uh, manuals that will talk about like the um, the salt and the you know more of the technical stuff. Um, that's that's something that I, as a matter of fact, I'm working with a client and just I'm having a heck of a time even talking to the manufacturer. They're like, oh well, yeah, we'll have to get it to you, but you know the salt capacities and so on. It's it's really difficult to get my hands on them <laughs> so yeah so a lot of manufacturers that's a really great point jen a lot of manufacturers have gone to they they print two versions so they have the owner's manual and then the service and installation manual and the owner's manual is, is a lot more vague right it talks it, it's a little more inform, informational about soft water and and it, and it may tell the customer how to set the time or what the regeneration cycles are are doing as it's going through a cycle, some pretty basic stuff um, in them. And then they have the service and installation or the technical manuals that are there for the, um, for the techs. And that's, um, you know, it's, it's deeper. And usually I, I'm, I'm seeing this a lot with different manufacturers now that, um, that it's, uh, uh, you know, you, you have to have a special login. You have to be a dealer. You have to be, you know, have, have an in. I know for you and I, Jen, that's sometimes a bit of a challenge because we don't actually work for a dealer, you know. So usually we've been, manufacturers have been pretty supportive, understanding that we're teaching people and training them how to do the stuff properly. So it's it's usually been pretty good. So I've got a nice collection. That's, by the way, also something when I say that, you know, Motor Vitality does not share proprietary information. If you can't download it off of Google or, you know, off of, off the the website then we don't share it you know so if we have those things and we do have some some of those 
manuals that, um, you know, I'm not going to share from one competitor to another. The other thing that you're kind of talking about, Jen, is that because there are so many, you know, you get this with the clack valve a lot, right? There's a lot of different manufacturers out there that use a clack valve as their base product. And the manual is pretty generic. It doesn't have any specific um, salt efficiency settings like a lot of the, the OEMs have, you know, salt efficiencies and the sizing and the, you know, what the proper drain line flow control is and, and stuff like that, you know, the, the technical stuff. And so you're right, they're, you know, they've taken a generic clack manual, slapped a, a different name on the front of it, and um, and it, it doesn't have those specific, you know, what are the differences or how's that work or, or you know, yeah, it's, it's harder to find some of that information on um, on some of the OEM, OEMs that are just, you know, private labeling um, a, a, a basic valve. Um, is that what you're referring to, Jen? Yeah. Yeah. So, um who else? Anybody else have experience reading these things or, or uh, um, find any value in it or using them for a different purpose? We talked the other day um, about actually getting the uh, the salespeople together and doing a training of like what's involved in preventative maintenance of how yeah. to break them down. Um, yeah. uh, on the uh, city water and the well water stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think it makes sense. Uh, I So I did that when I was um, regional manager, Scott. That was something that I absolutely did when I was uh, was manager. As I, you know, because it was very eye-opening for me to read the manuals, and we did have, Jen, you'll probably remember that, on one of the sales meetings that we had, you know, we we actually – had a uh, we pulled out the manuals and we went through them paragraph by paragraph and and read them together you know and so that we understood what so they understood what the customers were doing and um but I think that the teaching them the basic teaching salespeople especially the basic troubleshooting yeah it's going to it's going to make them more professional all the way around I think that's really smart Scott I think that's um the more we know about our products now, we have, Jen and I have encountered those managers out there who say, oh, I don't want salespeople knowing anything about that stuff. They don't need to know this stuff. They just need to know how to sell. I think that's thinking, thinking. I, I really do. I mean, it is true. I understand, right? They don't want salespeople going out and tinkering and touching and messing messing things up. I am as guilty of that as anybody. When I was in sales and I didn't understand how the stuff worked, I, I would tinker it and Next thing you know, I'm causing more problems. And it, you know, it was I was trying to help, but I just didn't know what I was doing. But you know, so I understand the value of I understand the concern that managers have in not teaching technical stuff to their salespeople. I just think it's wrong. I think that it's too important. If we want salespeople going out there just repeating scripts and doing a generic presentation, I guess. But I don't I don't think that's good for our industry. I I feel like we need to make ourselves professional. We need to understand. And and if you have good people out there, they're going to understand what the limits are. They're going to understand when not to touch something or when to stay in their lane. You know, just I understand how to do this. I also understand that's not my job. I got to stay in my lane. I have people that can do this, but it's going to make me better informed and and more able to 
to represent the company and our service department if I understand what our service department's running into or facing. And I can help educate the customers so that they can avoid those service problems. So I think that's really smart, Scott. I really do. I think that's that's really smart. And and I would encourage you, if you haven't already, to do the same thing with your service techs, you know, to go through. It's it's interesting every time I point. So we have an installer training course, and I try and make myself as much of an expert as I can on the equipment that we happen to be training on when we have the installers come in. You know, so we teach them the installation, but also the valve teardown. And, the, and, and it's incredible how often – We've had guys that have been doing it for four or five years come through here that don't know some of the very basic functions of the valve that they're doing. You know, they've they've got a valve that's capable of doing proportional brining or or you know countercurrent regeneration or or you know um, setup on it. And you know, I mean, one of the manuals I read yesterday, one of the valves, it's a five-year battery backup on it. You know, it's a built-in five-year battery backup. Um, I asked one of them yesterday what the battery backup on it was, and they said, I don't know. I read it in manual and found it in five-year battery backup. You know, that's that was uh, – I mean, it's it's valuable to have that kind of – you know, to go through those manuals with your techs as well as your serv- as your salespeople. So, yeah. So just to, to kind of add to that five-year battery backup, what's nice is usually that's right around when the warranty is going to expire. Yeah. And what we can do is go in and say, well, your warranty is about ready to expire. We want to change out that battery free of charge and, you know, just come by. And that is perfect opportunity to, you know, reach back out to those customers, give that wow service. Because how many people call up five years later and say, hey, we just want to swing by and make sure everything's working okay before your warranty runs out. And then, you know, if at that time they weren't ready for possibly reverse osmosis, then we can talk to them about reverse osmosis and so yeah. on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Any any other thoughts on this? Anybody else have anything? Use anybody, So here's your challenge. Here's your homework, everybody. Pull out your manuals. If you haven't done so in the last six months, pull out the manuals. Um, on the equipment that you're out there selling, that you're out there producing and, and, and using, and read them. And if you don't understand something, look it up. You know, un, um, ask, the, ask the manufacturer, get the help, you know, so that you really understand your product. And then once you've done that, start pulling up the manuals of your competitors and reading about what they do and don't do. And let's be legitimately honest about comparing our our products with theirs you know what features and benefits do do you offer or do they offer that you don't you know or you know vice versa so that's your homework <laughs> so um so uh any final thoughts or questions here all right well i don't have anything else then so uh everybody we we will i appreciate everybody hopping on and we will uh, talk to you guys next week, if not before. So thanks, everybody. Be safe. Have a great week. Thanks.